This is your wake-up call. Club, the show you love to hate. From the east to the west coast. DJ Envy. Angela Yee. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show, because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. Be in the mother, be in the house. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, Breakfast Club. Chris out of Toledo, Ohio. What's Peace, up, bro? King. Get it off your chest, man. Hey, good to hear from you guys, man. It was really nice that I really got through. Uh, I just want to say thank you to DJ Envy, Angela E. You guys always talk about uh, real estate. I just bought my first house. Yay! Uh, fantastic, and I'm sitting here, and I got my three-month-old baby with your name, Summer. Congratulations! That's, I was looking at houses this morning when Envy came in. <laughs> That's great. Man, it's a really good feeling. Back to back, newborn baby and a new house. Well, yeah, I'm glad. Toast Congrats. to you and to your family. That's amazing. What those interest Thanks. rates look like? What those interest rates look like, though? Uh, two and a half, man. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. Congratulations. So you put down, what, three and a half percent? Uh, I got also a welcome home grant that everybody should look into. The state of Ohio covered $5,000, so I walked out of there without putting down any cash for closing costs. I tell everybody, there's a million and one grants out there. All you got to do is your homework. You got to pay PMI, though, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, but but still, you ain't got to, you ain't had to put down no money. That is a great Congrats, congrats, congrats. Fantastic feeling, man. Thank you guys again. And also, want to shout out Charlemagne, too. Thank you for your help with the mental health. Thank you, King. Appreciate hey, you, you know brother. Thanks, God. If you can, DM me, because I want to um, find out about that grant so I can put people on to that grant. So if you can, uh, DM me. Welcome home okay, in Ohio. All right, brother. Yep. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up? This is Mike, man. Mike, what up? Get it off your chest, Mike. What's up, what's up? Hey, I got to call and get this off my tip, man. It's, it's kind of the topic that y'all was talking about yesterday with space. Hey, man, I I, I, I got to tell y'all, man. So the difference between surface earth and flat earth, man, we we got to get on this topic this morning. We got to. Oh, boy. So you believe in a flat earth? Surface earth and flat earth? What is surface earth, sir? Okay, well, you know the earth that they say, that, you know the regular earth side that they say go on now with the, the uh, one you live on. With, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, So-called live on. Okay, so if you say we live on that, Charlemagne, which <laughs> I disagree on that, then how can you get? Okay, if you was a oh, Christian, boy. which I'm not, but if you was a Christian, you was taught that on the sixth day, uh, God made something that separated the heavens, the heavens of above and earth. So that would be something like a firmament, right? I don't believe I don't believe everything in the Bible, but tell me I need to know before we even continue this conversation. What do you think we're living on before we even continue? What are we living on right now? So you you want to hang up the phone, but uh, no, I don't. I ask you a question. Listen, listen. I think I think I think we kind of live on something like it's kind of flat, but we have we have like a, a dome on top of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we in a globe. Okay, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like we in a globe, but at the same time, um, <laughs> do you want to go to outer space? Like, do you think somebody shakes the globe every now and then to make it snow? Come on, man. Come on. I'm just now. asking on, a question. Serious. What's no, wrong? No, 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 seriously. Seriously. Like, how can okay, if, if you if you can if you can explain that, mm-hmm. then explain to me how can you see uh how can you see uh 
Rainbow. Rainbow is always a reflection of something. It's always a reflection of something. That's what Rainbow, everybody knows. Everybody knows rainbows are when angels are eating Lucky Charms. And and the Lucky Charms bowl is reflecting off the dome. And every once in a while they shake it. And And that's what causes the rainbow. And sometimes you shake it and you get a rainbow. Well, he made a lot of good points this morning. Thanks for calling. Have a good day, sir. Man, come on, y'all. Uh, what? I didn't say. I didn't. I didn't discredit you at all. I just said you made a lot of good points. I'm with you. We live in a globe, bro. You gotta love our breakfast club. That's why you gotta go to space. That's why more people gotta go to space so they can see that the Earth is not flat. I think he's in space. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent or explain how the Earth, we live in a globe. Whatever it may be, call us. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest whether you're mad or blessed so you better have the same energy we want to hear from you on the breakfast club hello who's this hey this is king gemini what's up dj loose booty and dr <laughs> lenard and angela yeah how y'all doing today hey, dr lenard is fine DJ Loose Booty yeah, is here angela yeah how much like that, huh? how much how much you charge for your services dj loose booty <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, doctor. I think sixty nine hundred is a good is a good starting price for you. Hey, you right. Hey, yeah, I take care. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. Hello, who's loose this? Booty, loose booty, loose <laughs> booty, loose booty. Hello, who's this? Y'all, funny. y'all funny. So my name is King the Blunt Man out of St. Augustine, Florida. I wanted to share a little bit of positivity this morning. Talk to me, Blunt Man. Uh, I definitely just wanted to say everybody give y'all family members a call and give them some motivation and inspiration this morning. And while y'all at it, check out my new song, Empower, and my Empower Clothing line at Empower with, Empower Clothing with a K dot com. Okay. All right, King. Empower. Empower Clothing with a K. It's lit. We worldwide. We get celebrities on it right now. Y'all don't want to miss out. MV, I sent you the song for your uh, IG message. I know you don't check it, but it's okay. Blunt man, I think you need to change the papers too, man. All that tobacco gonna eventually catch up to you, brother. I don't smoke. So why they call you Blunt man? Because he's blunt. My last name. That's my last name. <laughs> oh, your last name is Blunt. Okay. All right. Well, salute to you, King. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your name, brother? Hey, yeah, yeah, bro. What's up, man? Hey, yo, hey, yo. Good morning, to y'all, man. I'm good to hear from y'all. I always listen to y'all, bro. I'm from North Jersey, Thank you, man. Sir. My name Bill, and everybody know me from Bill, but I wanted to get off my chest because I was, I, I was. Uh oh. You what? I've been, I've been, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. What'd you say, you sir? Huh? I was, I was locked up in jail and at the county correctional facility. How long? I was, uh, I was, um, for 15 months, and okay. I was held for a robbery I had never committed. Due to the um, uh, pandemic, when it dropped on me, I was forced to um, be able to um, uh, take a ground, a downgraded charge for theft instead of a robbery. And I just wanted to get it off my chest, man, because the, um, the correct, the correct facility is corrupt like a mob. It is. That's what they need to call it—the corruption facility, because they're not trying to correct nothing. Hey, yo, they ain't, they ain't trying to correct. Now, I was exposed, right? It's crazy because they they ask for people to get help actually, but actually they ain't doing nothing about shit, bro. They ain't doing about nothing, man. Yeah, they should they and should they, they should have trades in there for y'all to learn. So when y'all come out, y'all can have like some some cer- some certified right. training. And, 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 and on another note, it's mad drugs and shit, 
going on around the drug system, and they and they got uh, um they got a pro uh, they got a, a drug program with um with people to get off addiction with um taking suboxone and all that shit. and and the people ain't really um seeking help for it. They using that. So next we, time you as as a community. About uh, being black, <laughs> we all need to get it together, and we all need to change these systems because everybody corrupted around this motherfucker. I agree. Bill from North Dakota, man. That's why I want to get off my chest, bro. Yes, sir. Bill, fresh out. Safe for work. He don't know that he can't not curse on the radio. He's been locked up for fifteen months. Okay. He's been listening to podcasts. He's been listening to all that cursing on podcasts. He don't know no better. Hello, who's this? Hey, how's it going, Fernando? Good morning. Good morning, What's up, man? Get off your chest. Yes, sir. How's it going? Uh, I got a quick question for Charlamagne, man. Yes, sir. I me ask you a question. I don't know if somebody ever asked you this, but who's your top three donkeys of all time? And will you ever consider consider giving donkey, a donkey hall of fame? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the year, we do a top five donkeys of the year. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. Top donkeys of all time. Donald Trump is definitely in the top three. I mean, I, I've given it to him more than anybody. And um, I'm going to always put myself in the top three. Because I always say, you know, when you give people the credit, you got to give everybody the credit they deserve for being stupid, including yourself. I don't know who the third one would be, though. <laughs> sounds fair. Sounds fair. Yeah. Y'all want to clue Braun for the Breakfast Club. Thank you, King. Thank you, brother. All right, have a good one. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests on the line. Yes, indeed. We have Taraji P. Henson and the birthday girl, Tracy J. <laughs> hey, happy hey. born day, Queen Tracy. Thank you, Taraji. How are y'all, though? How are the both of y'all? Great. Good. Good. How you guys doing, Char? I see you with the mental health. Uh, mental wealth mm -hmm. piece coming on up. I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, this Sunday, uh, World Mental Health Day. We're doing it at the Marriott Marquis Times Square from 11 to 4. A day of mental health education and healing. Tracy yeah. will be speaking yeah. on the Black Woman's Panel. We're happy to have you, Tracy. Thank you very much. And Bless congrats you. on the show. Thank you, Queen. Appreciate yes. it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and y'all coming back on Monday, October 11th with peace of mind. Yes. Yes, we got to continue right. helping us all heal, you know. For people that yeah. don't know about it, break down what it what it is and, and so people will understand. Um, Peace of Mind is a talk show where uh, we address different issues dealing with mental health, where we will interview a celebrity because, you know, fans think that just because we are celebrities and we have money, somehow all of our problems go away. So we show them that, yes, everyone is struggling. You are not alone, even celebrities. <laughs> then we interview a regular person, everyday civilian, um, who is suffering with the same maybe mental condition, whether it's social anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's ADHD, um, we all have something, right? And so um, then we have the third segment of the show is where we bring a professional in, a psychiatrist, a clinician, a therapist, to help us understand the topic we're talking about, to give us tools um, to know yeah. what to do when we are feeling the way, or those who may be suffering or can identify with the subject matter that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So it's an educational show. It's a show where we laugh, we cry. And we're also trying to show that 
actually, this is what a therapy session looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, you in a safe space, you talk about the things that are bugging you or that are keeping you down and you have a professional there to help guide you through it. And you laugh, you cry, and it's really not as scary as you think. (laughs) Absolutely. I see some fascinating guests that you guys have on. I saw the trailer for the new season and I was just in my head trying to figure out like Chloe Bailey. I can imagine it's tough for her. You know, her and her sister have separated their Instagram pages. She's put out some amazing music and videos, but then at the same time, all these people are coming at her now because they're still picturing what she was like when she was younger. And so I know things like that have to be difficult. And sometimes people don't look at artists as human beings that have feelings too. That part. And I think that's another aspect of the show where they get to see some of their favorites be human because that's Mm -hmm. what we are at the end of the day. You just millions just happen to get to see us go to work and see what we do. But at the end of the day, we have feelings. (laughs) It's a real person behind all of the flashing lights. Mm -hmm. How how therapeutic has the show been for you, you both? For us, it's it's like we're going to therapy every day. Mm -hmm. So it's been such a gift in that way where I don't have to go to my therapist as often as I used to because, uh, you know, the show has sort of filled in that space for me. So to be able to talk about your own personal challenges, connect with others there who might have the same challenges with you, and then have somebody there to stop all of our bantering back and forth and say, okay, that's nice. I hear you. You want to help each other, but here are the tools you need. And you know, Taraji and I have been going through this for 38 years, Mm -hmm. having these conversations. And sometimes we're, (laughs) what we have to say is helpful to to each other. And sometimes it might not be. Mm -hmm. So to be able to step back and say, you my boo, and we got each other, but let me go over here and talk to, you know, she's Mm -hmm. she's gonna have a more objective point of view. You know, I was gonna ask how (laughs) difficult is it to get uh, some of these uh, people that you have, that you're interviewing to open up? Is it very difficult? Because a lot of times some of these people never spoke to a therapist before. So you guys might be the first time that they're really opening up. So is that difficult? Uh, No, we have a lot of guests come on and they talk about how comfortable they feel because Mm -hmm. we are both in therapy. We're not professionals, but we understand us. We understand our culture. We understand our people. And we know in order for any black person to open up to anybody. They have to feel safe and they have to know who they talking to is real. It's not like you're not fake. You don't have no other objective. We're not a show where we're baiting for numbers. We don't push people to tears or things like everything on our show pretty much happens organically. We Mm -hmm. of course set the questions up. We make them feel very safe and they just open up because we're opening up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Mm All right, we got more with Tracy Jade and Taraji P. Henson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Tracy Jade and Taraji P. Henson. Now, Yee. Now, when we're talking about this new season of Peace of Mind, right, where there's some moments that you guys were like, shocked by as well because I'm sure like you said people are comfortable they're coming in there knowing you're not trying to get an aha moment but you have some amazing guests this season so were there times that you were like I can't believe this is happening G Herbo sticks out in my mind um that young man I mean please watch the show watch his episode I hope so many young brothers watch that episode because 
I, I'll never forget this. My son, you know, loves rap music, of course. And when he started get, really getting into it, but he was listening to the rappers coming out of Chicago. And I told you, Herbo, that just listening to his experience growing up around all that violence. And um, he said, mom, you know, those the, the rappers in Chicago rap from a different sphere. Like, I feel their pain. I I, I be pump. I be I be pounding my chest because I can feel their pain. He said, and the sad part about it is that they're they're really superstars, but because of what they've been going through, they probably never reached that success because of their environment. And this kid had never been to Chicago at this point. I wasn't shooting, filming Cookie. This is what he felt through the music, through the messages. And then when I really sat down and got to know G Herbo, I understood exactly what my son meant mm -hmm. by that. Thank God G Herbo made it out. But he talks about all the people. He said he could name what, Tracy, about a hundred of his colleagues that he know that has died. Yeah. it It's troubling because his story is the norm mm -hmm. for our kids. That part. So I'm watching New York right now, the way they had the 21 kids under 18 who died by gun violence yeah. um, in Brooklyn and, and all over. And that's that blueprint is traveling through every one of our cities right now. And yeah. it's scary as hell. Because and they I'm don't going, care. I heard G Herbo said out of his mouth, he did, he, it was the point of his life, he didn't care if he lived or died. You're talking mm -hmm. about children who have their whole lives to look forward to not giving a about anything. I love G Herbo because he's 25 years old, man. And I wish that mm -hmm. I had the tools and the resources and the information in yes. regards to mental health at that at that young age. So I, I, I love the fact that he's so vocal about what he goes through. I love it too. I mean, I just, I have a, such a respect for that young man. Like mm -hmm. that to me was my most special episode. Cause I just, I have a love for black men just so deep because I just understand our our struggles as a people and what is put upon the black man and what you gotta always gotta be strong and this and that and the third. And because I have a son, I'm a mother, you know, and just, I saw so many men in my life that I love in this young man, my father, my son, all the men I love, I chose to love. I just, yeah, that episode is so important. He's so important. Yeah. And I think if we all, you know, those of us who are in a position to, if we all just took one young man, you see them walking down to the corner mm -hmm. store, you see them not, you know, showing up places to the job interview, whatever. If we could all just take one, and I know that sounds really like, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, a thought that is impossible. Like I don't have time or I'm scared or whatever it is, but I, you know, I am looking in the eyes right now of a young man that I love so deeply. And he's in the middle of this stuff. And I, he may be watching right now or or not, but I love him so deeply. I'm willing to do anything to offer him just a moment of an opportunity. I don't know what he's missing. I don't know what his heart, he just lost his best friend. His best friend was, murdered three nights ago mm. and i know he's suffering mm. he's young he's he's a teenager and i'm i'm i can't give up on him he's out in the streets he's confused the goddamn weed is going crazy you know what it is they get hooked all that crazy stuff 
but I will not this give up. This weed is something different. This weed ain't man, This weed ain't no herb. This ain't no herb. It ain't from the this earth. This ain't no reaper. Yeah, it ain't from the this earth. This ain't no reaper. <laughs> reaper. I don't know what they doing with this shit, but it ain't right. It's messing, it's messing our babies up, man. Pay attention to the weed. Like, they're telling us you guys have to rap because you don't even smell the same. We, are, you know what? We need to change the narrative. We are the seeds. We are the sticks. Tarazi <laughs> <laughs> so don't even smell the same. Tarazi says she wanted organic. She don't no. want that GMO stuff. <laughs> no, we need seeds. We need seeds and sticks. Make sure y'all watch we'll see you Sunday. Make sure y'all go to Facebook watch and check out Peace of Mind on Monday, October 11th and check Tracy Jade out at the Mental Wealth Expo this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square. It's free and open to the public. All righty. Well, it's the yeah. Breakfast Club. Good Thank, you, Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Taraji. Thank, Thank you, Tracy. Thank you all much, guys. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Now, I've been saying it for weeks, Charlamagne, that you can find anything and everything on TikTok. I hear you. I saw this video where some random person was in Central Park and overheard a group of people talking smack about a girl named Marissa. So he posted it, and this girl Marissa actually found out and reached out to him. TikTok, you have to see it. Keep the Breakfast Club humble with Slander the Breakfast Club. disrespect now. Yeah, yeah. Now it's now it's like like I look good. Now I can talk about you because so you think he looks thing. good. Do you think I look good, King? Come on, King. Excuse I mean, my language, no. King. But you know what? The dermatologist she, she did work wonders. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Natasha Sandy. I think you're telling me that I look good without wanting to tell me I look good. This felt more like compliment the Breakfast Club. Do I look better? Be honest. Do I look better, King? King. King. Do I look better, King? Um, he's not an actual dermatologist. So what do you like? What do you like best about him? Uh, nothing. I like Angela Yee. I like you. Don't try to switch it up. Goodbye, sir. Nah, nah if, if we're talking compliments, Angela Yee all day. Well, nothing. thank you, baby. You said you shot your shot with me first, so she's not <laughs> interested. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is me. Hey, what's up? Slander the Breakfast Club. What's going on, man? First of all, I want to say all three of y'all, thank y'all for chasing y'all dreams and everything. I listen to y'all every morning. Many blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Second thing I want to say is this slander goes out to DJ Envy. Why do you always smack after every sentence? <laughs> he does. Let me hear. Oh, juicy mouth. After every sentence, yo. It's like it sounds, it sounds like a five-year-old girl talking. You know what? I never noticed that. Well, you don't know what I did last night. What makes my mouth so juicy? What? Envy, what was that? <laughs> did, you, did you just hear that? You just took it to a whole unnecessary level. Crazy. <laughs> my my gosh. God, little Nas Envy. Do your I'll thing, King. Last night, or I that ain't what I heard just now. That's, that's what you wanted to hear. Hello, who's this? Oh, 
Okay. Okay, so I got some for all of y'all, really. But I'm going to light Charlemagne up first. All right, go. Okay. So, Charlemagne, I just feel bad for the college-educated college people in the room because they're probably getting dumber and dumber by the day. Charlamagne, you need to go to college. You be saying some real stupid stuff, and I can only assume it's because you were so there's no child left behind. One of those kids that got passed through school your whole life. <laughs> what? She said no child left behind. You just go to college, and I'm just like, you just need to go ahead and do it. And I'm not talking about one of those honorary degrees. You need to go sit in the classroom with college rules, those paper, and a mechanical pencil, and give you some education. Well, damn, that was. Harsh. I'm a New York Times bestselling author <laughs> two times over, and I have an honorary degree from South Carolina State University. I think. No, you don't need no honorary degree. You need a real degree. For what? I'm doing better than you. Hey, mama. You be doing the rumors. Go ahead. He be a mean now. You got slander hurts. What else you got? <laughs> He, he up there, man. He mad because he doing all right. But you be doing the rumors in front page news, Charlamagne. You'll chime in and you'll ask something that she literally just stated. <laughs> because I want to know a better understanding. They teach you that in school, right? He'll say it again and you'll be like, but why? Exactly. And you pause real long for a minute and then she'll repeat what she just said, which is literally the why. That is no. That is that is not true. I want to know why. I want to know why. I want to know why. What's wrong with asking why? Like I want to know what's the root of your trauma right now. Why you so mad? This is the the slander. Well, well, Mama, you have a good day. See, that's the problem with you. I ain't done it. I ain't got to do yet. Uh I'm doing better than you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We all don't. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. I don't know me. But anyway, Envy, you talk all stuff the other day about about Kanye West and was really hyping up Drake, and Drake came out with a really good album, and you gonna sit there talking about the only thing you was too long, and but some of the people y'all be hyping up on this show are so trash. Like, I I, I for Why? Why do you think, why? Why? Why do I think they're trash? Okay, for example, y'all hype up Cardi B so much. Cardi, I'm so sick of her talking about her coochie. I don't know if I can say that on the radio, you but I'm tired of hearing her talk about it, okay? I feel like I done been inside that thing. That's all she <laughs> talk about on every single song. But every time she drops anything, y'all be like, oh, it's so amazing. It's so good. It's so wonderful. You ain't never heard us do that. I always come out with real lyrics and talking about different stuff. And who? Y'all just like, oh, who? 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 You see why follow-up questions are good? Who, who are the artists that be dropping real lyrics? Tell me who. Great. Just drop Man, knock it off. I be on this radio talking about Rhapsody. You ain't scream a Rhapsody song yet. But See what I'm saying? Oh See what I'm saying? <laughs> but you the but you but you the college educated one, but you can't appreciate a rhapsody. I like Rhapsody, but Rhapsody boring though. Okay, we didn't hear Rhapsody on the radio. Or nothing like that. But Drake is actually exciting. Yeah, I said I like this album. I said it's kind of long. Let's combine. Let's let's combine everything that she's talking about. Charlamagne saying that Drake's album was too long because he got ADHD. But DJ Envy, you went to college. You should be able to sit there and listen. You went to college. You should be able to sit there. Your boyfriend think you're poom poom born, and he wished that he wished that it was exciting as Drake and Cardi B's box. (laughs) They're slandering us. All right, goodbye, Mama. She didn't get to me. I ain't like that one. There's, there's a I heard a little bit. We're supposed to be able to take this We're supposed to be quiet. That's a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't like that. I don't like that. Don't do me like that. we do one more when we come back. We're going to do compliments to Breakfast Club next week. All right. We got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. 
The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. The first thing he said, why these chairs don't raise? And, why and, these chairs so short? Because you bought the chairs, That's Kevin. right. And every time somebody comes in and they try to raise the chairs up, first thing I say is, well, Kevin Hart bought those chairs. He wants everybody to look short like him. Yeah, I definitely uh, I f***ed up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a better way to say it. God, he didn't I, remember he bought these chairs. No, he didn't. I didn't. He did though. I didn't. But now that I, now that I did, I'm gonna see if I can get you guys another set. Dude, well, thank, you thank you actually so said. I remember you came in here one time and you was like, you know what? I should have did. I should put my name on the back of these chairs. Yeah, I'll do yeah, that. So. I'll send. I'll send <laughs> another set. I'll send another set and put my name on the back. But I'll make sure they raise. What's going on, guys? Well, Kevin Hart, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm here, man, in the building. How are you, brother? I can't complain, brother. Drinking milk, getting tall. Same thing I say every time. So mm-hmm. much on the table. You so much Netflix. So much Audible. Yes, so much Chase Bank. Yes, sir. Like, like, where do we start? We start with True Story. Yes, we need to start with True Story. Okay. Dropping November twenty fourth. Uh, for those who do not know, True Story is my new series that is about to drop on Netflix. Excited about it. Drama, thriller. Uh, this is me in a way that you haven't seen me before. By the way, I have baby walked you to this point. The Upside, that was my first step in the dramatic space. And after mm-hmm. that, hit you with Fatherhood. That was a more uh, drastic view at me in the world of drama. And then now, now we're touching the world of drama and thrillers. So myself, Wesley Snipes, uh, Billy Zane, Theo Rossi. I mean, the cast is amazing. So many so many talented people. But um, this is the real deal. People are going to be blown away by this. What's your story about? What is it about? It's a show that's wrapped around loyalty, trust, and uh, it raises the question of how far would you go to protect the things that you worked hard for, right? Mm. Like, what is your limit as an individual, as a person? How far can you be pushed before you feel like you have to push back or take uh, or take a stance of um, uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're you're making decisions that you that you didn't know that you were capable of making. Um, it's loosely based off of the template of my life, the backdrop, the comedian, the the mogul. Uh, that's what the character is. But then it takes a shift into a, a darker world where you see that I'm not playing myself. Uh, the version of myself was just to get you interested. Mm-hmm. And then after you see, oh, God, it's not Kevin. It's some other shit. It, uh, it takes a spin. But it's some, uh, it's some dope shit. It's the story of these two brothers and just, you know, a whirlwind of their relationship. You know, like when you got an older brother, younger brother, there's a there's kind of a thing where an older brother is in control yeah. and you know, he's really much in charge of that relationship. But then this thing happens when the younger brother surpasses an older brother in life and success, uh, there's a narrative and there's a feeling that comes with that. And that conflict sometimes uh sometimes puts some real rocky water in that relationship. And in this case, that rocky water it's dark. What, yeah. made you, what made you do a drama? Like, what, 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 what? You wanted to challenge yourself, or was you? Do you think people only thought you were funny? No, I'm not challenging myself. I know I'm f-ing talented. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about. It's not about challenging me, man. I like because the upside fact. was good. The upside was really good. Oh, thank you. The upside was really good. Why are you in here with shades on on some rock star? What have I ever not worn glasses? I always wear shades when you come here. All not. the time. Yes, he does. I've always worn early shades on. Here. I've always had on glasses. I always, always wear glasses. Okay. Stop trying to make it seem like I'm changing. <laughs> <laughs> you are, though, and it's good. I've been changing. Now, if you just said the furry cardigan, you've never had on a furry cardigan up here. That's a little different. It's very casual. And he got on an emerald. Mm-hmm. That's how you know Cav getting money. Cav got, he ain't got no diamond. Well, these diamonds around him, he got an emerald on. Sir, these things are, these are my signature chains. I've, I've been wearing these forever. They, they, I've never seen you with an emerald on. Yeah, I mean, come on. What day have you seen me? There's different days. Wow. Did you get it from Zales? No, what? What is that? 
What else do you have out of the Lucky Charms box? I know you probably got every single oh, thing of diamonds. That's original. No, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about for real. The emeralds, the oh. green clovers. <laughs> Look, that's how you think everybody's attacking you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's original. <laughs> that's original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, the purple yeah. heart. No, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I like the, I like the stone. So the emerald, the rubies, the sapphires, mm. the pink diamonds, all that stuff. I like, I just like different. Dope, so, dope. But it's all like the signature heart with the K on it. Kev getting a different type of money. I don't yeah, think y'all realize that. No, no, Kev, I know we're talking down. about the I'm true like story to, and everything else, I'm but like the evolution this. of Kevin Hart over the past decade has been incredible. From I'm just from, growing up, man. From no, no, no. From no. stand-up comic mm-hmm. yeah. to the acting to now, you can't. You're just a mogul. I am very much in charge of my direction and my opportunity. I like the fact that. I can control my narrative in the business and do the things that I want. So this uh, this ecosystem that now exists underneath the brand of Heartbeat oh. is one that produces television, film, you know, uh, radio, mm-hmm. literature, animation, you know, whether it be comedy, drama, it doesn't matter. It's all about what we feel is a great opportunity for us at this point, at this moment. So to his point when he said, why do you want to do drama? Why not? Why not go and, you know, develop something that's just mm-hmm. different, that's outside the box, that I can still find excitement in. I don't want to get bored with the business. I don't want to get bored with entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to find excitement and showing up to work every day. So that comes with the, within the creative. I like being a part of that process. So uh, that's where I am. Now. Charlamagne, you might be right. What? I'm looking at the last uh, five interviews he did. He didn't have glasses. Two years ago, no glasses. Wait a minute. With Tiffany didn't have glasses on. I took them off in the Tiffany time interview. Hoodie, didn't have glasses. You got go to go way back. You got to go way back to see him wear glasses. Years, he didn't have glasses on. He, he changed, yeah. he changed bet, a little bit. Bet of money I can pull up right now that you're wrong, that I can go to two that are back to back while I had glasses on. Tiffany's interview, I took them off because I got mad. You, okay. So I took the glasses off. Oh, okay. The one before that, when I had on uh, the dark shades where I had on like brown, I had glasses on. I took them off at a certain point. When you guys get me hot. Okay. Let's not distract okay. from all this money you're making. Because this I'm is like, why do you want Here's the, like here's the next announcement that I think I'm we're gonna hear. We're gonna hear stuff. Heartbeat Productions has partnered with somebody for a billion plus dollars. The way we saw with Spring Hill and uh Reese Witherspoon's company, I feel like that's gonna happen for Kevin Hart. What? Is it I, feel like now? I feel like that's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be in the trades. I'm like, well, you, wait, you wait till it's in the trades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see that in the trades. I don't know what, you, don't know what you're talking about. Uh, look, man, listen, listen. Here's 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 what I will tell you. There is a blueprint that's been given, and that blueprint has been given by Oprah, by Tyler, by Hove. Uh, shout out to my brother Brian Mav over there at Spring mm-hmm. Hill. Mm-hmm. They're doing amazing things, man. But the blueprint is about ownership. The blueprint is about figuring out ways to control a narrative based on IP IP ownership. Um, we're not in this business to be work for hires forever. Um, you eventually want to be a partner. And what we're doing at our company, and I say our because I don't have employees, I have partners. My team, we've uh, we've assembled an amazing foundation. And within that, the goal and desire is to have tentacles, have, have branches. And these branches provide opportunities, employment for so many. And, and, you know, I love the fact that we are a black-owned company that is all about equal opportunity. So when you look under my hood, you see men, women, you see everything. We are representation of what the business should look like and be, that equality, that movement, uh, that portfolio. 
is one of opportunity and future success for the next version of stars. So those stars are entertainers. Those stars are execs. Those stars are creatives. Those stars are heads of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it goes all across the board. I've made mine. I've, I've gotten to where I've gotten. This star not gonna get no brighter. It's about figuring out ways to help the next version. That's what heartbeat is. That's what we're about. So you know, I can't answer that question. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, when it comes out to trades, I'm going to say, I told you so. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) All right, we got more with Kevin Hart when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kevin Hart. Does Kev slow down now? Because Kev, you, you, you're super successful. You got three kids. I see you. I got four you, kids. Four kids. You love hanging out Just with your babies. Just kill one of my babies off. You love Damn. taking to the game. <laughs> Jesus you Christ. You love doing yeah. things with your kids. Do you yes. slow down and be like, you know what? Now it's time to be a father and slow down on the works. You know what, man? I'm, I'm definitely, I'm trying to. I, I think I do need to to go a little slower. Um, you know, now that we're, we're getting back to a place of old, we're getting back to life as we once knew it, you know, there is But can nice... you do that or are you a, like you have to are you addicted to No, nah, I'm a, I got a problem. But like I said, it's a it's about the foundation. It's about this thing and, you know, making sure the bricks are secure, making sure they can't move. And, you know, you start to ask yourself different questions. I'm getting older. I'm 42. So, what am I doing it for? What is it what is it about? I've I've gotten to a place where I opened up a door and that door had like 30 other doors. And I just start peeking in those doors. Mm-hmm. So, I know the different versions of success and I just want to tap into all of them. If you look at the things that I've done, right? If you go comedy, dramedy, action adventure, action comedy, comedy, drama, drama thriller, uh docu-series, documentary, hosting, mm-hmm. animation, author, uh radio host, podcast host. Like it's I'm tapping into mm-hmm. every single outlet because what I realized that everybody should you can do it all if you want to. Mm. There is no ceiling. So I'm having fun and discovering how much more. You know, the world of venture and VC, uh, stocks and real estate, all of this shit. Like there's so much that you can do to occupy your time and your mind. And that's what I'm in love with. So I don't know, I don't know about slowing down. I think removing myself from in front of the camera at some point, mm-hmm. uh, that'll be the priority. But the world of what's going on behind will will probably be ten times as much as what it was when I was in front. You know, your conversations have always been so interesting to me because you've always been so self-aware. And to hear you talk now saying things like, because I heard you on All The Smoke, and you were saying things like you won't always be considered the funniest or be the hottest at the moment. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about, about that realization? Uh, I mean, that's reality. Everything that goes up eventually comes down. But when you come down, you know, you don't have to fall. You can come down and be better than you were when you were up if you manage correctly. It's not about being the best anymore. You realize that that mindset pits people against each other. And I can't say it enough, man, you grow the up. And when you evolve and mature, uh, the best thing that changes is just your mindset. My mindset is different. Mm-hmm. I operate differently. I'm not, I'm not in the world of uh, being bothered. I'm not in the world of care when it comes to other people's needs or wants. Are you going to do another season of uh, Don't F*** This Up? Um, we I talked about it because the documentary was was dope. It was honest. But it has to be when there's, there's stuff to follow. You know, I don't want it just to focus on my world of work and success. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a that's a good layer. I think you want to show how, how complex life is in general and that nobody is nobody is free from bullshit. 
my next one will be based on my company, the company's growth and the people within it and how they're managing success mm-hmm. from the thing we built. I don't want to I don't want to be the focus. Yeah, I that want, billion want, dollar episode is going to be crazy. Yeah, like when y'all sell for a billion, not, that, I, don't, what, I don't know what that's not. I didn't say that. It's going it's going to happen. I don't so, know what you're talking about. I'm putting about. it in the atmosphere. It's going to happen. Maybe it's in the atmosphere. I'm just looking at what no, I'm not I'm just saying I'm not. I'm just looking around. I see what Reese Witherspoon did. I see what Spring Hill did. I'm like Heartbeat is absolutely next. I saw a trade. I saw an article it was like you know, heartbeats getting suitors. People are sniffing around. I, I saw it. I read these things. I, I mean, read the trades. Have all of you read it? Then maybe you saw. It. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to tell you here. Anything you regret about doing it uh, on the docu series? Anything you regret? Absolutely not. The docu series don't f- this up. Was dope because it showed how to find solution and problem, mm-hmm. right? And I think today everybody's focused on problem. Everybody's focused on the argument. Not many people are focused on the solution. And a conversation to stop the argument. Now you had some, you had some big social media moments in the last couple of months. Don Cheadle's age. And me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn. I'm sorry, because it was a so thought. It was I'm a not, thought, and I blurted it out. I'm I did fine. not mean it that I'm way. Not, if we could play it back right now, play it back. These are two different dams. Play it back in slow motion. There yeah. wasn't no. I damn, said. I said. There was no like. Wow. That's, I that's said. Amazing. Damn. No, you said the word damn. Oh, amazing. Right. Real moment. But was it a real moment? <laughs> yeah. Goodness gracious. You can't fake that. Yeah, you can't fake that. You heard his heart. Like, you heard his heart. I watched that a hundred times. Don is one of my closest friends. No, for a second I saw it in his face. He was like, Don Cheeto and I are extremely close. I agree, but you still heard his feelings. You You heard your friend's feelings. feelings. Did you hear his feelings? He he thought I knew. I didn't know. We can, tell, a, we can yeah, tell you didn't know. know. I didn't know. Damn, you are. You don't throw that out there like that. He was clean shaven. He was. He had a young look to him that day. He told me, I said, you got to be <laughs> I didn't know that, Don. I know what you meant, yeah, yeah. but it just didn't come off. It like came out wrong. It didn't come off like that. Well, how do you think I felt? He caught me off guard. Yeah, said, when, you started, when you started explaining afterwards, that's what made it even more funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he, said, yeah, I said, he said, he looked at me. I said, I didn't mean it like that. He said, yes, you did. I said, no, no, I didn't. I was, that's like, rewind the tape. Yeah, that's how, you get when you watch it. <laughs> when you watch it, you'll see that that's not. That wasn't how I... How many times did you laugh at it after you saw it back? Well, when we did it, you don't realize it, but mm-hmm. when people start cutting the up, you know, the internet is goddamn dangerous. They can do anything they want. How awkward was it? Because they look uncomfortable. It wasn't awkward for me. I thought I was I wasn't that old. It ain't for me. He didn't damn me. I damned him. Yeah, it was awkward for Don. All right, we got more with Kevin Hart when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kevin Hart. I also thought it was big that uh, I, I don't I don't know the, the comedian's name, so I apologize that uh, he was tied up in something that was going on in your life, and you forgave him. You talked about it, and what made you say, you know what, I'm going to be a bigger man, and I'm going to forgive this situation and all that? I don't know which comedian you're talking about, but I can assume who. I can't remember his name. I don't want um, to be I'm, uh, I'm very, once again, it's just... Where I'm at, I don't have the time for BS. There's a lot of like, who's funnier? Some of these comics take that and they they run with those narratives and they they get engulfed in that. Shit. I don't care. What got you there? What got you at that level of not caring and saying, you know what? It's- Google is net worth. Well, I've never been. You know what though? You got to be honest. I've never been the I'm better than guy. I've never been the the. Uh, I do feel like you've been the I'm outwork you guy. I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm, I am that. all day. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the crabs in a barrel mentality. I don't like the idea that there can only be one. And it only lives in our culture. 
You I wasn't it. talking about that situation, but I, I know I, what you're I, talking I, about. I respect it. But I was yes. saying, but the fact that you're forgiving and that you can look over things is just is is a step I haven't got to yet. But I love the fact that you're there. With Why? You. What's your problem? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. What's your problem? Um, revenge. What? I don't know. It feels makes me feel good. Makes me feel warm and cuddly. Light skin, bro. Uh, hey, let him, let him be light skin. Let him. But be what does it do? After you get said revenge, then right. what? So when somebody tries to attack you mm -hmm. for no reason, it almost feels like, why me? I don't do anything to nobody, you know? So it's, it feels like, you know, now I want you to die living. But you, but that's that's life. And in today's time, any narrative can be attached to anybody. Correct. Anything. Like, it's it's honestly sad but how... It's different when it affects you, but now when it's something that could affect your family. It's, but I'm telling that's you... different. But I'm saying no matter what, the reality, the reality of the world that we live in today... It's claim first, no proof, mm -hmm. no real idea if said thing or said said verbal is is true at all. Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna take this, you know, for my for my brother Dave. I I did an interview and the reporter asked me. He was like, you know, how do you feel about Dave coming to your defense? And I said, why do you feel like he's coming to my defense? Why can't you see that he's just my a friend, especially right. when you know a person, mm -hmm. if you really know, I, yeah, right? yeah, certain, certain things you see, you like, I know that's not him. The, right. Here's where me and Dave just laugh. The conversation attached to Dave's name is attached to him as if people know him. Right. right? The the reality about Dave Chappelle, this mother has everybody around him. He's too. He, yeah. Like when yeah. when I say everybody, United Nations. I'm talking about everybody. <laughs> yeah. So so like when the conversation attached to the LGBTQ plus community, and it's attached with a negative narrative mm -hmm. in association with Dave, you didn't really do your due diligence in looking at his world. Right. That community is really around him. Like his friends. Like I'm talking close friends mm -hmm. are a part of that community. I'm talking people that Dave has embraced and has loved for years mm -hmm. that are like, Dave, that's not true. Mm -hmm. So the narrative once put on and once attached was spirals. That's the up thing about today. So when you talk about revenge, you're in a never ending cycle of incomplete, buddy. Like that revenge ain't coming. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the win that you're looking for don't exist. Mm -hmm. So if you're not mature and cool enough just to chuck up deuces, to the thing that you can't control and give a goddamn salute, mm -hmm. you gonna be unhappy for a minute. It's bad to have that mindset, especially in today's time, as if you don't see it. Mm. And it's honestly not going to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Like, what? you know, with the world of social media and the, the, the idea of what cancel and cancel culture has become, the thing that it was and what was necessary and needed for the moments where you had to use it, it's now lost. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's now this other thing that's so much, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. People have lost sight of reality. You, we're destroying people's lives. Like, we're, we're saying- And nobody's now, exempt from it. Right. It can happen to any and everybody. Anybody. Do, do everybody will get a turn. Do you understand? Like, we're now in a place where people, we are going, you we are going to take everything from you now mm -hmm. and walk away and that is when you walk away do you understand that this person that just went through said thing we're saying like you now can't work ever again what happened to the world of progression mm -hmm. understanding right. apology solution growth when do we skip that? Yeah, because humans are always fail purity tests. So I don't know why we Absolutely. why we act like we're so perfect. Absolutely. When when did that happen though? 
I don't when know. did we all mm-hmm. check into the perfect box? You should deal with nuance, right? If you don't like a joke I said, you don't like something I said, say you don't like it, tell me what I did wrong, but don't label me as a whole thing because of one bad Correct. statement or one bad joke. I'll, I'll go further, right? I'm aware of the changes that need to be made, especially with the conversation attached to respect. Mm-hmm. I think it's dope. I think it is time we make sure that we're treating each other not only fairly, but with understanding and appreciation that your life may be filled with problems and obstacles that I'm not aware of because my life is not the same. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I need to understand that. I need to fall back. I need to respect that. In that same instance, we also all have a choice. You can support or not support. The thing that killed me the most is, you know, when you see all of the conversation that was trying to be attached to Dave's special, mm-hmm. well, you got an option to go on Netflix. You got an option to search, click, watch. I don't have to watch who I don't like. It's okay to not like or to not f- with. It's okay. And to have an opinion. If you it's disagree, okay. If you disagree with it's Dave, okay that's fine. It's okay like, oh, I don't like that. That joke isn't for me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But there's now a thing of, well, because I don't like it, y'all can and y'all shouldn't either. That's the part where... It just gets difficult. And by the way, guys, we're, we're not going to please everybody. Right. But the only thing you can do is try your best to educate, try your best to speak on things in a positive way so that people take the positive side with it and they understand it. I can say I understand a lot more now because of some of the conversations that I had. My mindset's a lot better. I can say that just on behalf of my brother, the thing that's f***ed up for me is that you don't know him. <laughs> He's a good dude. That mother loves hard. When you talk about Ohio, he has built a goddamn community, an economy, in a place where he is from to make the place better for the people. The people in Ohio are all different, black, white, members of the community. I'm talking, he put that on his back. He out there shaking hands. He's the mayor out there, and he's doing it for the people. Mm -hmm. So when I see people speak on behalf of a man whose intentions are nothing but good, and uplifting, it just makes you a wow. That's where we are. And this is not to defend. I'm not defending. I'm not coming to Dave's aid. I'm speaking truth of me just going, you don't know the guy. Right. That's it. Let's talk about a couple more things before you get out of here. I, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but the comedy writes itself. Are you are you really playing Arnold for one night only on a different school? Oh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, live on stage. We're doing a, a <laughs> What, live. what you talking about, Willis? What you yeah. talking about, Willis? Yeah, I thought it was funny. That just looks, I mean, it just looks funny on paper. It's just, I said, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy has been doing this thing where they create these old TV shows and they do it live. And he was like, what do you think about Different Strokes? And I was like, it's one of the funniest shows ever. Mm-hmm. He's like, what have we recreated? And he told me the people that he was thinking about, man. And when Damon Wayans was like, he wants to be Willis and <laughs> you can be on I said, it's Genius. Hilarious. So, like, you know, you put your own take on it, but I'm going to be Arnold from Different Strokes. That's funny. I'm going to grow the little fro out and everything. All right, we got more with Kevin Hart when we come back. It's the breakfast. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Kevin Hart. Charlemagne? Uh, SBH, company we have at Audible. Next yes. year, we start rolling our projects. How you feeling about that venture? And do you think people understand what it is we're I doing? I think they will. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you, when you say it, make sure you make people understand the initiative and reason behind it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think when people now say your name, they speak of it in one tone, but once again, when you really know the person, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a different drive and initiative. When you 
look at the books and you read the books, well, what is his real, what's his real want? Are you a part of the problem or are you trying to be a part of the solution? The problem is the significant gap in our economy mm-hmm. from black to white, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the solution is being a part of the attempt to close said gap, mm-hmm. uh, bring people closer, bring things to them. This entity that we created, well, we saw a gap uh, in the space of audio literature. And in this space, our culture hasn't been embracing the world of knowledge that's available here. So in this entity, well, how the f- can we deliver it in a way that can be creative enough mm-hmm. where our culture can come over mm-hmm. and grab onto things that they didn't know existed? Well, we're going to create IP through audio. We can create experiences. We can create content and have it available. We can also bring in talent to take a hold of previous content Mm -hmm. that may or may not even be known about. So Mm -hmm. in this space, I think that our opportunity success is is extremely high. And, you know, for the projects that we've already signed on to do, the original IPs that we're Mm -hmm. creating, uh, the things that have existed that we're going to amplify by attaching talent, I just think that the world of great is real. And, you know, I got to also give Audible credit for knowing where there is a void and for saying we trust in you guys to create this entity and rather than us trying to just control let's partner Mm -hmm. you know so for a company of that magnitude to say well we're going to give you guys the money now run a machine create the company that you said you could do we're trusting in you to do that and as your partner how can we assist you this is the world of solution Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about the need for diversity, inclusion, when we're talking about making sure that the black voices and that the black portfolio within business is given a shot. When you got companies like that that are on the proper side of the conversation by saying, we understand Mm -hmm. and we wanna help, Mm -hmm. that's a dope thing. You know, dude, I'm proud of you. Uh, I love the, the direction that you're going in. And as a partner, I'm bringing value to his idea. He had a dope idea, all right. I'm on your train, brother. How can I help amplify? I got this whole machine over here. And to his credit, he has a world of people that these he now is on the scene. Like, Charlamagne got a team, man. Mm-hmm. It made me smile to get on conference calls and hear people speaking on his behalf. On his behalf with the vision that he has to help execute. Mm-hmm. So I think the world is going to definitely be shocked. And I think the world of audio, originals, and IP is growing. SBH, Short Black and Handsome Productions. Uh, I have two more questions. One of y'all. Go okay. ahead. Shut up. I mean, it's just it's a name. <laughs> to, what's your problem? Hmm? What's your problem, man? You got to get rid of this anger, man. <laughs> Beige rage is what we call it. Beige, Beige rage. rage. Two more questions. At this point in your career, who do you get the most game from? I tell you who people don't give enough credit to. Tyler Perry is a machine. Yes. The business mind, the ability to really change the narrative in business and how deals are done and how they're made uh the world of you can't do that doesn't exist for a man that finds ways to uh i love to just watch the way he moves do you know a couple years ago real quick you know a couple years ago tyler said to me nobody ever taps him up for information he Mm -hmm. said it's only been two people he said you and uh tiffany i think he said tiffany (laughs) tyler perry is one of the smartest motherfuckers on the planet Mm -hmm. and he's not smart from a rocket scientist brilliant I have all the answers, perspective. He's smart from the side of why can't we do that? Tyler Perry is a enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really give enough credit where credit is due. In Atlanta, you know, you got stages now mm-hmm. that are owned by a black man, mm-hmm. right? 
the crazy part is who do you think partners with this black man to do projects now? The studios have to partner with Tyler Perry right. mm -hmm. because they need to access his world of production. Atlanta, the tax breaks are insane. To have the mindset to say, I'm going to build here because people come here because of the tax breaks. So no matter what, they have to do business with me, whether you want to or not. Marvel was using Tyler Perry stages. Yeah, do you man. understand yeah. that? Yeah. I applaud him. I love him to death. Um, Hove, I'm different in the world of VC because I've watched how Hove has moved. Mm -hmm. That motherfucker has no problem with sitting down, talking to me and sharing information. But more importantly, Hove, J. Brown... Um, the world of partnership when it comes to investing is not just about your money. It's about understanding how to make businesses grow. Mm -hmm. He grabs the concept. Shout out to Nas too. Nas is another one that was into it for years and mm -hmm. was quiet about it. These guys grasp the concept of I can bring value to a company and me bringing value to a company. If a company grows and they exit, oh my God, I'm a part of that win. So watching the way that my brothers move, and I say brothers because that's what I mean, that's information, that's right. school. Mm -hmm. We're all in school. So my respect and admiration for the people that have given the blueprint and that don't hesitate to give the information. I, I applaud it. Oprah has given the blueprint for years. I don't think people really understand what all Oprah has going on. Like Oprah's got a network, a network. Like Oprah's got a full functioning network that has a full day of content mm -hmm. Each day of the week. Mm -hmm. That's not small. Like, you right. got a network. That means I can watch a show produced by mm -hmm. and developed by underneath the brand of. Mm -hmm. Whether she's present, there, not there, this machine is controlled and operated because of her vision and her want to create opportunities for. You know, I know I've said those are the, the black people and partners, um, but I got to shout out Mike Rubin. When you talk about partners, me and Mike Rubin right now, we're developing a fast food plant-based restaurant. Mike Rubin. In Philly? We're, oh, we're global. Oh, like we're, oh. we're developing a real chain. And I talked to Rubin. Wow. And Rubin said, Kev, if you like it and you want to do it, I'm going to partner with you. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to access it. And before I knew it, Rubin had me in a room with all of the partners that he has. So, you know, I, I, I get your folks in. I get flowers. I, I actually love did. to be involved. And matter of fact, I will, Charmaine, because I think it's dope just for what we're doing. And once again, just to show how relationships work, the audible side of it, mm -hmm. right? When we get to the side of this thing living and this thing going, well, accessing people in their ears, hey, Audible, maybe there's a world where you partner and you have, how can we promote market? Like, that's the world of mm -hmm. relationships, venture, VC. That's, that's the space that I'm in. So remember I was talking about the star mm -hmm. being bright, me backing away. This is where my... Gotcha. This is where my passion wow. is now. This is my, this is my last question. I know you want to be a billionaire. Has the Illuminati, Illuminati approached you about sacrificing anyone to make it happen? All the time. Okay. Yeah, according to the internet, I've been in the Illuminati. Yeah. By the way, I've never. I still don't know what it is. Like, what is it? Is it a? Is it a club? What is it? I don't. You're closer to me. I don't know yet. Do you know exactly? If you don't know that. None of us know. But if you want to sacrifice somebody, you can sacrifice your partner. This is what, so. What they say you're supposed to sacrifice? Sacrifice partner. What's the thing where they said people eating babies? What was that? Uh, that was Pizzagate, right? Pizzagate, okay. Yeah. I was in that, too. You was in Pizzagate? That's what they said. Oh, you wow. They wow. Yeah. Wow. I was eating babies. You up like, there. Wow. They think you like... So what is that? Wow. So Illuminati and Pizzagate, not the same thing. No, no, I don't think it's the same. Uh, it might be the same elite circles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they eating babies, for sure. That's what they say, they, yeah. Yeah, they eating babies. This clip right here is going to probably... They're going to put this up, too, and say, see? Absolutely. I don't see. Know how they're doing they it right in our on. face. How yep. they put that Especially with your hand. You got the hand. That's the hand sign right there. Is What is this? I don't know. I'm just saying. I was about to say, So the restaurant is going to be a baby-based 
restaurant, so you're going to eat babies. No. <laughs> what, what is it? What is it? Plant I forgot. Plant-based, man. Plant? Plant, not babies. Oh, they said baby babies. Plant-based fast food place. Kevin Hart, it's always a pleasure. Always, always inspirational. Man. Always motivational. Always, man. You guys do it right. Look, I want to say uh, true story. It comes on uh, Netflix, November 24th. All right. Well, it's Kevin Hart. It's Mogul Kevin Hart. It's, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Now, I've been saying it for weeks, Charlamagne, that you can find anything and everything on TikTok. I hear you. I saw this video where some random person was in Central Park and overheard a group of people talking smack about a girl named Marissa. So he posted it, and this girl Marissa actually found out and reached out to him. TikTok, you have to see it. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey It's time for donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. It's the breakfast club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes, donkey today goes to the Freistadt Clinic, okay? The Freistadt Clinic is a hospital in Austria. And listen, let's be clear. Nobody likes going to the hospital. There's not a soul alive who wants to be in the hospital. If you're in the hospital for anything other than having a baby, that means something is wrong. Okay, we would all rather remain healthy, not have to have surgeries, etc. But that's just not reality. The reality is we all have ailments. We have medical conditions, just like this 82-year-old man in Austria did. Okay, see, there was an 82-year-old patient suffering from many illnesses, uh, some of which have affected his legs. And those medical conditions affected uh, both his legs. In fact, whatever was happening with uh, one of his legs caused him to have to get one of his legs amputated, just like Big Mama in the movie Soul Food, okay? That should be a pretty cut-and-dry procedure, correct? Sidebar, speaking of dry, as in dry-age meat, I've always wondered, what do they do with body parts after they do these amputations? You can't just throw a limb in the trash can, can you? In my mind, they selling this human flesh as food somewhere. Somebody in the world right now dining on some 82-year-old dry-aged human flesh, okay? Who needs the aged beef when you can just eat an old human? If these body parts aren't being eaten, please tell me what's happening with them because inquiring minds, meaning me, would like to know. Now, as I told you, this 82-year-old suffered from a bunch of medical conditions, so doctors had to amputate his left leg. But in life, you must learn to measure twice so you only have to cut once, literally especially if a surgery is involved. See, this guy had to get his left leg amputated. We all know where our left is, correct? Mm -hmm. That's where Beyonce told us to go. And you know where the right is, right? Mm -hmm. That's where conservatives are. So he needed his left leg amputated. But an error occurred. Mm -hmm. See, the hospital worker mistakenly put a preoperative mark on the wrong leg. So doctors were supposed to amputate the left leg above the knee and ended up cutting off the right leg above the knee. My leg! The right leg was the wrong leg, okay? Mm -mm. All right, the right leg instead of the left leg was amputated above the knee. This is not a my bad situation, bro. <sighs> my goodness. I came here to get my left leg removed because I had a medical condition and end up getting the right leg removed only to still have to come back and get the correct one amputated. Oh, no, Freistat Clinic, okay? You know, y'all getting sued. Y'all don't have a leg to stand on in this situation. They are wrong and have admitted such in a statement. A disastrous combination of circumstances uh, led to the patient's right leg being amputated instead of his left. That is an omission of guilt. I mean, damn. I'm 82. I can do one leg for the rest of my life. I mean, damn, at that age, I got one foot in the grave anyway. But now I have nothing. This is sad. 
Okay? I can't stand human error that ruins someone else's life. Okay, it's really hard to just stand by and watch something like this happen. I just don't know what to do. All I know is we can't stand for this, and neither can that 82-year-old man or his family. The clinic's medical uh, director, Norbert Frisch, said, we have to find out how this failure, this mistake could happen. I would like to apologize publicly here. Well, Norbert, okay, from where I stand, the clinic should be reviewing its standards. Okay, poor guy. You don't know what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. What if he wanted to try stand-up comedy, huh? Now what? When things like this happen, the hospital should be financially responsible to the family for the next few generations. Okay, free medical bills covered for all the family. The clinic does not have a leg up in this situation at all. They are wrong, period. And they need to be some stand-up people and do the right thing by this 82-year-old man and his family. Please let Remy Ma give the Freistadt Clinic in Austria the biggest hee-haw. You stupid mother Are you dumb? Do they have enough money to pay this family? No. No. I'm telling no way you. in hell. Legs are priceless. I'm telling you. No way in hell. They say it costs an arm and a leg, but there's no really no there's no price for a real leg. Come on, man. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, we got more coming up next. We're the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. The queen, the icon, the legend. And we're celebrating her today. That's right. Her flowers, ladies and gentlemen, Mary J. Block. Hey. Hey, good morning. These are your flowers, by the way. We just didn't want to block the shot. Thank you. And your balloons and your crown. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. So my life documentary, what made you say I want it's time to do it now? Well, I did it like two years ago. I was um, on the royalty tour. And it was the 25th anniversary of the My Life album and everybody was celebrating it. And I felt like, you know, it was time to do it then because it was the 25th. And I never did it. And everybody was like, you should do it, you know. And I said, um, this is the right time because I can gather up all the testimonies and gather up all the love and the energy and um, shoot the documentary. We did it in like two years. So this is just, it was just time. Charlamagne and I said earlier today that we, we, we cried watching it. Yeah, I cried. Oh, I, I cried like so three much. times, oh. like three times, and I, and I was, I was like, I was, I was watching it for you. I could tell it was emotional, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, you know, reliving the making of the album. Did it stir up more happiness or trauma? I look at this as like the other side, like we on the other side of it now. So mm-hmm. we're not crying just because we're revisiting this and we're sad about it. We're mm-hmm. revisiting it and we're sad because we had to see it, but we're also crying because we're happy that we on the other side. Mm-hmm. We got out on the other side. But, you know, it, it was painful having to go back and see all that stuff. See and Andre mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you know, but it's but it's 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 okay now because I can I can do that mm-hmm. because I'm strong enough to do that now. Mm. Were you happy Andre was there? I mean, I, I know you're happy, but isn't it a blessing that Andre was there to to talk and to share his experiences and everything? Yeah, I was so happy that we got a chance to to get him because nobody knew that he wasn't going to be here. Right. Mm. So that was yeah. To see him in the documentary made me cry. <laughs> and you said you didn't know that you were you back then. Mm-hmm. And I think so mm-hmm. many women, so many black women go through that when they're younger. When you when you look back and you're like, I didn't know how special I was. Your fans knew. Yeah. And they knew how much you touched them. And you helped people get through so many difficult times. But you didn't know the power that you had. Not at all. Not even a little bit. That's why I ran myself through so many things. I went, I, I, I went through drugs and alcohol and just treating myself so bad because I didn't know I was worthy of anything. I didn't know I was this person 
that I can truly say I deserve everything now, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I give so much in my life and I work so hard on myself, you know, not anybody else on me mentally, spiritually, physically. So I, I didn't know I had this power and I didn't know. I didn't know. I just didn't right. know. You know what I mean? And um, when you don't know who you are, you can't treat yourself well. You can't, you're no good to anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I, I feel like I, I earned the right to say I'm good for something. I'm good to someone and I'm, I'm good for everything because I earned it and I'm still earning it because yes, it's not over. I, yeah. I cried watching you um talk to your younger self. Like when you was watching the video, like at what point did you know your, your inner child needed healing? It was a, it was a years and years of finding out. I think 2016 was my like real, you know what, Mary, you have to really gather all of you up, the young mm-hmm. you, the confuse you, the, the everything you just and just love all of you. I can't say it came in 1994 and 1996 or in 2000. It just it was a process of you got to love you, baby you, mm-hmm. older you, confuse you, great you, clumsy you, whatever it is you mm-hmm. are, alcoholic you, whatever it is, you have to to love you. And the inner child was, was was suffering, thinking everything was her fault. And that's the that's the one that was making me feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to, you know, as an adult with all this confidence, you know, that I, I'm developing, that's the one that I embraced the most because she got hurt the most. Mm-hmm. When did you realize that you needed to change? Like, what was the knock on the door, the thing that says, nah, I need to figure this out now? What in 2016 got you to that point? Well, 2016 was terrible. <laughs> you know, we all we all saw it go down in, in the world, what, what happened. When I got out of that horrible situation, I was like, I'm never gonna allow myself to hurt like that again or, or anybody to hurt me like that again. You know, I don't deserve that. And I don't deserve to treat myself like that. So I think it was during the No More Drama album when I was like, I'm tired of feeling like this. It was an ongoing process of healing, getting getting better, getting stronger. But the actual day, I don't know the day, but um, the time was during the No More Drama album. Mm. Is when I said, I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of feeling like I hate myself. I'm tired of feeling like I want to kill myself. I'm tired. So it was a process of just still doing the same thing, but trying to be stronger, trying to be happy, trying to find some joy somewhere, somehow. And we soldiers and we strong and we from the hood and nothing embarrasses us easy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what else you got? Mm-hmm. What really touched me was seeing Puff also talking about how both of you were going through so much during that time. Yeah. Just a lot of heartache. And you guys were kids. Like, yeah. we forget that when we look back at it. You were so young when you put that album out, going through so many different things. So you guys leaned on each other a lot during that time. Yeah. What were those conversations like with Puff while you were doing the album? I mean, about his pain, you know, what he was going through. He never really got into detail with me about it. Mm-hmm. But I knew because I know I know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I knew him and I knew what he was dealing with, but he was just, you know, like any man, didn't want to discuss it with his little sister. Me, on the other hand, I was, you know, dying in public, so everybody knew what I was dealing with, but I didn't want to really tell him what I was dealing with because I didn't want him to kill somebody. Mm. (laughs) So I just, but he knew though, he knew. And so, you know, he said, just put it in the records, just put put it in music. I was so mad when I seen Casey do that interview. 
where he I was like oh the international interview yes and then they ask you to I mean that has to be the worst like honestly like I'm to disgusted have, it did disgust me I'm not gonna lie cause as women we look at it like that's Mary like show some respect nah, that is Mary damn Jay Blige but like you said at that time you didn't even know exactly it was embarrassing but look how I was treating myself you know I mean I can't I'm not taking the whole blame but I had to take responsibility for me this is what was lightening the load you know I'm not pointing the finger you did it you did it. a lot of people did it but I gotta fix it Period. And you talk about forgiveness, too, on mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So what is the process of forgiveness like for you when it comes to all the things that you've been through? Like you said, you can't take all the responsibility. Right. You just got to release people. Just release them, and, and that's it. I can't be responsible for what you did, and I can't keep pointing my finger at you for what you did. All mm -hmm. right, you did it. I don't never have to see you again. I don't never have to deal with you again. But I do have to deal with me every single day, and I'm not going to carry the poison of unforgiveness in my heart, you don't even know that I'm feeling this feeling like this all my life. So mm -hmm. I don't want to be stuck and dying every day. You know, every time you you get stuck in um, unforgiveness and you just get stuck, it's like you dying every day. You losing mm -hmm. yourself again. It's like ah, I want to grow. I want to. I want more. So you do forgive everybody, but you just don't want to see them. You know, just don't want to yeah, be like. Yeah, forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciliation. I don't right. need to reconcile. All you just need to know is that I forgive you. And please don't come over here right. because every day I have to remember that I forgive you. Like that's it's a process. We have to remember that we forgave a person because when you see him, you got to remember. That's right. <laughs> what made you forgive, forgive him? Yes, mm -hmm. I'm exactly. not the forgive phase. So what allowed you to say to all those people that hurt you that you said, you know what, you hurt me. You might not even apologize, but I forgive you. What what allowed you to do that? Because I'm not. I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. I don't have any time to waste on you. You know, me being mad at you. Like, I just, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Dealing with success, that's right. Yeah, yeah I just got, mm -hmm. I got to keep pushing. I got to keep moving. And if you don't, you're going to, you know, you're just going to be stuck. And being stuck is the, the worst thing that can happen mm -hmm. to you. You're stuck and you just, so many people are just stuck in 1994. Mm -hmm. right? I don't, I don't want to be stuck in 1994. I don't want to be stuck in 2020. I want to be already in 2021 thinking about the next thing but I can't move if I'm still in 1994 pissed at you gotcha i pissed at yourself that's why that's yeah. why I love that scene where you was talking to your younger self because I was sitting there like how do you forgive your younger self how do you give your younger self that grace and you know and, and you talk to her with so much care because it's you it's your child when I look at him like gosh she hurts so much She's been through hell. I love her. I gotta, and I look at the little girl pictures. She's been through hell. I gotta, I gotta take care of her mm -hmm. because she's me. And if I don't take care of her, she can get me hurt. All right, when we come back, we got more with Mary J. Blige. Let's get into a Mary mini mix, man. Mary's here. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Mary J. Blige. Now, what hit different was when you said, you talked about all the things that you dealt with as a child, and they were all horrible and nasty. I wouldn't want that for anybody. But then when you said there's more that I can't even talk about, I was like, what's the more? Because, I mean, you, you you said some things that are so horrible. Like, I'm like, you you were dealing with a lot. And the fact that you were able to climb out of it is is a blessing. And who was there besides your sister to, to help you crawl out of those situations? It was just me, my mom, and my sister two women living in the hood, no male figure. I mean, it was hell. Just getting to the store, she, my mother going to work, leaving us with people she thinks she can trust. And that's life, you know what I mean? And my mother's a soldier. Mm -hmm. And 
we just watched her and, and mimicked her. You know, during that interview, when you were watching your younger self, you said that you used to be mean, right? So I'm like, Never smile, she said, never smile. And and you didn't like the interviewer. You said you must not have liked the interviewer mm -hmm. that was doing that. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what would make you like not like somebody? And was that a reputation? Because you, you yourself said you were mean. Was it a reputation mm -hmm. you had? Because I haven't heard Mary was mean, but you were going through a lot. And sometimes people don't understand that. And I feel like even today, when you interview these celebrities, you don't, people think it's a perfect life, but they also don't understand what goes on behind the scenes. And so was that something that hindered you in any way? Was it a reputation? It absolutely hindered me. And mm. I had a reputation for being a bitch and being difficult and not making it to interviews one time, not making it to shows. And I was doing all of that. I was bad. But my thing was I didn't trust anybody. And it took me a long time to trust. I still don't really trust people that much. But then I was just on guard like, straight out of the hood like please just <laughs> don't say nothing stupid and it seemed like everyone that interviewed me was saying something stupid and asking the same stupid questions over and over again but what I realized when I got older is that that's their job and I, I, I realized that I have to learn how to respect people's job even if they're being stupid did you ever rectify that like go back and talk to people later in life I did I, I remember I had to go to a to the to the record label and um just apologize to so many people and when I apologized to all those people they were like like they were holding their hearts like mm -hmm. like and it was like thank you so much mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god and I, I must have been a monster and I and I don't I don't even remember all the stuff I did and they were coming up to me and telling me that I was cursing them out and you know I remember some of it but some people I was like I don't even remember your face <laughs> I was just going off that's because I didn't trust anybody mm -hmm. and I was on guard how difficult was it? Because, you know, we were all in, in, in high school and we don't see how hard it took. We just knew Mary J. Blige signed and all of a sudden Reminence was cool and then real love out the window. How long did it take for you to get going? Was it a long drive or was it just first single and it pop? Well, the first thing I did was with Jeff Red. Um, Jeff Red was already signed and mm -hmm. I went, I, I, I started singing background with him on some of his out on his records and then I did the Apollo with him I, if you look at the Apollo that's me in the background singing with Jeff Red and that was my one of my moments but I had to go back to slow mom after <laughs> right, that right. Mm -hmm. and after the father MC video mm -hmm. I had to still, yes, that father I, still MC. I still had to go home mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was terrible it but was you probably hell. was a star in the hood though when I, you came home I, listen to my friends <laughs> to the that hated me I was I was I had to fight my family had to fight we had to it was rough and I didn't realize what was now that I go back and think about it I'm like wow we was really in the hood still mm -hmm. while the records was charting mm -hmm. wow that's crazy I, I wondered what was going through your mind because you know you, you performed Anita Baker for Andre and then you got the opportunity to perform with Anita Baker what was going through your mind in, in that moment when you was performing with her what was wow. what was what was that Mary telling little Mary I was just so happy that that Anita Baker existed mm. Because if it wasn't for Anita Baker, I wouldn't be sitting here. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for that uh, tape that I made, a caught up in the rapture, Andre wouldn't have came to my house. So mm -hmm. when I was singing with her on stage and I was about to cry, like cry every five minutes because that woman was my angel. Mm -hmm. But who knew that my one of my favorite songs was going to get me the deal that I got. Mm -hmm. That's why you kept telling her to take it away because yes. you were about to cry every yes. time. <laughs> and that's why she was like, don't cry because I was getting ready to just <laughs> be a mess. Do you realize how big you are for the culture and what you did for the culture? Do you step back and be like, damn, like, yeah, do you know, does you Mary J. Blige know who she is Legend, now? Yeah, do you know who you are now? I do now. It took me a while. It took me 
2016 was the day I woke up and said, all right, <laughs> I'm it. I earned it. Mm -hmm. Like I went through hell to hell to hell to hell to hell to hell to hell. And 2016 was like, enough of this hell, man. So it, it, it took me a minute to learn how to receive, but I'm receiving it now. Since since you you know now realize who you are and the impact you have on people, does it make you more intentional about, about your words? Yes, and it makes me um, know that it's a responsibility. And um, I have to take all this with, with humility. I can't mm -hmm. just take it like, eh. I have to take it with thank you and grace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you so much. But, you know, when it's go time, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm a monster with it. <laughs> you know, from performing, you know, to whatever I do, I give 100%. And I can't think about what someone's thinking about me or what someone's not thinking about me. I got to just go. Is there ever a time where Mary would do a versus? Because we talk about unbeatable artists, right? In my opinion, you and Hove, I say it all the time. There was just a rumor about Tony Braxton, and they had to clear that up. Would that you they do said a versus? You and Hove unbeatable. I don't know what a versus would do for me. I don't, like, I'm Because it's not about you, it's about it's us. A it's a celebration. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a celebration. It's a celebration. <laughs> like, I don't know what a, what a versus could do for Mary J. Plige right now, but um, right now, it's not something that's on the top of my list. It got to be extended 100 song verses. But yeah, you know, no, nah. <laughs> nah, not no. Nah. Because you got too many songs. Like, I don't even know how could you narrow it down to 20. You couldn't. <laughs> nah. Can't nobody <laughs> with Mary J. Blige in no verses. No. I say it all the time. It's not <laughs> even close. Mm -mm. Now, you dedicated the doctor, uh, Mr. Andre Harrell, who you called dad. Mm -hmm. at, at what point did he become that father figure in your life? When um I was in the music industry alone with no father figure, mm. and he was there a lot like he was there to talk me out of my foolishness mm -hmm. <laughs> why are you doing this why are you doing drugs why are you doing alcohol like like I, I would hide from him because I didn't want him, want him to see me mm -hmm. you know in that condition because I knew he had something to say and he'd just be giving me that look like like a father like I don't like this yeah you know? and I was hiding I was hiding all the stuff I was doing from Puff he didn't really know mm. could you ever love again like be in love again with somebody would you ever have that trust for somebody again or no Love is beautiful for the moment. You know, I, I would never reject love. But marriage is something that I would reject right now. Mm -hmm. I, I can also tell, you know, just by watching the doc, you have been doing a lot of healing work. Do you, do you mind sharing what you've been doing? Just um, self-help books, <laughs> prayer, looking at myself real good, <laughs> mm -hmm. always checking myself. Like if something is bothering me about someone, why is something about you bothering me? Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, I have friends and people that are into self you know healing too mm -hmm. that are teachers and stuff like that so i take information that makes sense to me from anywhere where i can get it mm -hmm. you know like if you have a good word I'll, I'll take a good word you got a word i'll take a word from you because prayer just reveals to you you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and sometimes the worst thing to look at is you but I, i'd rather see me acting ugly or see me needing whatever kind of help i need so i can know how to fix it and that's really it. It's no, it's no like, oh, you know, I visited, you know, all the strengths in the world, which nothing, <laughs> nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's right, right, wrong right. with that mm -hmm. at all, you know? But I think the best shrink is us. Like, mm -hmm. we, we just need to be able to look at ourselves and, and, and say, it's okay. It's I know Taraji okay. been on you about going to therapy, though. Nah, no, she, no, like, we don't, we don't badger each other with stuff gotcha. like that. It's like, right. when you ready? I feel like that's a Capricorn thing too. Yeah, we I'm don't a, get yeah. in the way. We like look I'm like a Capricorn, we love it. Yeah. You all right? You safe? You good? All right. 
<laughs> Call me out with something going wrong now. <laughs> you know, but we don't like you need to, you need because we don't want nobody you need yeah. to and us. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, not yeah. judgmental. <laughs> we like yeah. Little move. We got more with Mary G. Blige when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Now, what about your instincts? You talk a lot about how you have really great instincts. Were there times that you feel like you should have followed your instincts and you didn't and you disregarded it? Every day, my every <laughs> damn near every day from from 1994 to for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I didn't, when I don't listen to my gut or my instincts. Ugh, disaster. I mean, like big disasters. Like I've had some big disasters that I didn't follow. My what was the moment where you say, "Okay, God, I finally hear you." Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and what got you into you know saying you know what I'm gonna sit down and do a series like you know we've seen you in movies before and usually that's might be a short stint and then you can go back on the road and you do what you do but now like you have to stay in one space you have to film mm-hmm. like you know last night you were filming to midnight like what made you say I'm gonna do this full time? Love you right on now? power. On power. The character. Yeah. I mean, I'm a power fan. Been a power fan, so that's why I'm on the show right now. Um, this character is so much fun and it's very cathartic. Like I mm-hmm. get to just blow people away that I always wanted to blow away in my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> and then forget about it when mm-hmm. I get home. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I get to curse, I, I get to do all types of just crazy stuff, you know? So the art is what makes you just say, you know, I'm gonna stay up and I'm and I'm gonna do my, do my job. So wait, Great. when you're acting, you're picturing blowing away somebody else in real life? <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> whatever works. Whatever works. <laughs> well, it's, it's method acting. You got to visit some dark places. Mm-hmm. So whatever you, you have to, a real place. If you got a real place, whether it belongs to you or somebody else, visit that place and make the character real. I go back and visit horrible things that have happened in my life. And mm-hmm. I, wow. It's, it's, and I just... Do you have time for yourself though? Because it seems like that character is going to continue to go. That character is not going anywhere. It seems like it's getting spinoffs and all types of stuff. Do you have time for you know what, Mary time? Yeah, I take that Mary time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd be exhausted, but I, I get the time I need. What, what did you learn about yourself after after completing the, the My Life documentary? Man, that um, I, I'm I'm a really strong individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I mean, that that documentary, you, you forget, and I don't want to say I forget, but you forget the influence when you start seeing the young girls and saying they look up to you and they respect you and they've been through the things that you've been through. And how did that make you feel when you see, because it, it was young girls that mm-hmm. their mama had to be playing your music. And how did that make you feel? Beautiful. Because then I didn't know anybody cared. Like, I didn't know Alicia Keys cared. I didn't know mm-hmm. nobody cared. You know, you know what? I didn't know nobody cared. Until you married But see, I didn't know that then. Whoever was out, whoever was, you know, was doing and trying to be like Mary J. Blige, it, I was like, it didn't matter because I, I didn't matter. I, I just, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? I, I it was it. just... Even when rappers were saying... living your life and not understanding what you meant to other people because you were just trying to survive, like you said. Exactly. And make it through and do your job and work and not even considering, like, these people are coming up. Because sometimes people will be coming up to you and... It didn't even look like you comprehended like how exciting it was. Yeah, because I didn't know I deserved any of it. I didn't know I was supposed to be praised. I didn't know I was supposed to be loved. So I didn't know anybody even cared. And you were dumbing yourself down, you said, in your own relationship because you didn't want to shine too bright. That's how you know it's some... Yeah, I just, I didn't want, you know, just like in the hood, I just didn't want people messing with me. You know, you, you, you get too happy or you get too brave or too 
braggadocious. You got to fight somebody or mm -hmm. you got to, you know, this guy might start getting insecure because you think you're beautiful. And so that's those are the things I had to lay down. Like, excuse my French, that right. <laughs> I need to live. I need to breathe. I got to take my time and my space for me. The hell with y'all. I suffered too much for y'all. Mm -hmm. So th there's no more of that. So even back in the day when, when guys like Jay would say, I did songs with Mary J. Blige, my nigga. Like, like he was saying that out of excitement. Mm -hmm. That didn't do nothing for you. Didn't for a even... moment. Yeah. Yeah, for a second. And then I'll be back to, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. was like, all right, that's dope. And then now what? Yeah. At the end of the documentary, there's a new song. I never heard that song before, so I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's new. It's new? Yeah, it's it's new with the documentary. Are you going to do a new album? Is, is that the process? Have you started working already? Or? I, I'm already in the process. I'm already there. <laughs> Madison Square Garden, right? I was talking about this, right? First, I want to ask the room, and then I want to ask you, Mary. Madison Square Garden sold out. You got one song to perform. What song you want to hear Mary perform? For me? Um, either either the My Life, the title track to My Life. Okay, uh, there's uh, one, uh, just one? Yeah, probably yeah. the title track to My Life. That's a gospel record. That record's about God. Come on, you just one record. Man, that's a, I can't say just one, one record. record. Come on, ye. Mm, Come on, ye. I don't know. That's a hard. You got a tape tonight. Come on. Like, one I song. have a lot of great memories. It's like a soundtrack to my life. So there's some good memories, some bad ones too. To some, do, do I want to hear something that's like fun? Oh, that was a great memory. Like, <laughs> I hear something that was like painful. Not as love no Because I like painful memories. I like my life because it helps me cry when I need a good cry. Now, mm. what would you perform? Mary? I do like "Be Happy" though. That'll always be like my song because I feel that. Be happy. One song, gotta perform. One song, sold out. What's the song you performing? My life. My life. Yeah. That's the one, man. That's I wonder even that about you. And you, you say, um, you know, don't when, when you're feeling down, don't you ever fake it? It's like, is that why you were like so closed off maybe back in the day in interviews? Because you didn't want to show. You're such a straight shooter. You didn't want to show people what you was really going through. I didn't want people to see me cry. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see people to see me smile. I didn't want people to see anything that could lead to them thinking I'm soft in any way because I just didn't trust people with my emotions and my feelings. I just didn't trust them with that part of me because as soon as you open up, they pull the rug from under you, you bust your head on the floor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's what that was about. My, my last question, because I, I could tell you're ready to go. How would this whole more healed version of, of Mary J. Blige tell younger Mary how not to get in her way? Well, I always say if she could, if she can hear me, which I don't think she could, it's two different Marys. The younger Mary is not going to listen to nobody. Mm. So all the healed Mary definitely can't tell her what to do. But if she would listen, I would just say, stop being afraid of you. That's you. That big thing you're feeling that you're running from, that's you. All right. Well, wow. ladies and gentlemen, Mary, Mary J. Mother. Congratulations on the documentary. Thank Man. you, guys. We can't wait to hear more music. Nah, we. I. I. I, I love you in a real way. Like you, you, you. Your, your music has been the soundtrack to my life in a, in a in a real real way. And even now, as I'm older, I understand the music more. So a song like My Life hits different. A song like Be Happy when I'm, you know, dealing with some depression or something, it hits different. So just yeah. just thank you for being you. Yes, thank there's you. not too many it. artists that you could say their music has withstood the test of time. Wow. And yours has. Thank you, guys. I I I've received my flowers right now. Can, can, Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. But, but, but can we have the song? Can we uh, play the song right now? Or, or what song? The document. The one on the documentary. Nah, that ain't that kind of song. It's, it's, What's the one you want us to play? You got something? I don't. To play? I don't have it. But when I have it, okay. <laughs> I, I want to hear it up here. And it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Mary J. Blige. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Now, I've been saying it for weeks, Charlamagne, that you can find anything and everything on TikTok. I hear you. I saw this video where some random person was in Central Park and overheard a group of people talking smack about a girl named Marissa. So he posted it, and this girl Marissa actually found out and reached out to him. TikTok, you have to see it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line. Berna, what's up, brother? Oh, yeah. Long time now see you, my brother. Now, Berna, I would have to say, when we talk marijuana and cannabis, you were the first person I know that had their own marijuana cannabis line. Now, I don't know if it was legal or illegal back then, but you've been selling cookies for a long damn time. How long have you had the, the, the cookies? Man, you know, cookies probably been about like, 12, 15 years. I've been in the gray market. We call it the, the gray market, the traditional market for about 20 years. So how, how did you get into selling marijuana when it wasn't legal? I mean, it's legal everywhere now, especially, you know, medicinal. So how did you get into selling and how come you never got in trouble? Well, you know, I was blessed to be in, in the Bay Area, which is like one of the most liberal places in the world when it comes to bud. But in 1996, they passed a law called Proposition 215 where you were allowed to buy, sell, and grow medically. And so there was a lot of loopholes in that law. And so I just, growing up, just kind of came up around that. You know what I mean? So I wasn't dumb doing shit out of state or nothing like that. I just stayed in my lane and just learned the game. And once it became wreck, I was, I was fully gamed up to go. You know, I like that story because a lot of people will tell you, oh, don't get a job. And that means you working for the man and just being an entrepreneur, but you actually learned a lot of the ins and outs of the marijuana business from having a job working at a dispensary early on. And people don't sure. understand the importance because then it really prepared you to be able to start your own thing, right? Yeah, and that's what separates us from everyone else. Like as we roll out globally, not just nationwide, you know, we got Cookies Israel, we got Puerto Rico coming, we got we got so many things on deck, but we're providing an experience that like you can only learn hands-on, you know, to actually show the customer the bud, be knowledgeable about it. Our experience comes with 20 years in our storefront. So it's not like uh, we just came for the money grab or just decide we want to just be, oh, let's be a weak guy, let's just get it cracking. Like we actually put real time into it, you know? Does it bother you to see all these people now jumping into the business that before I might've been condemning it? Nah, you know, at the end of the day, you got to adapt with change. You got to know that people are going to come rushing in once it changes a little bit. I just, I just feel good knowing that they're so far away from us and don't have to peer intention so it's going to show you know what i mean like culturally and just where their hearts at with the bud it's going to show that they're, they're not really in it for the long run so i feel good about it even some politicians that were so against it are now like trying to get in the business that has to be so ironic it's funny it's funny to me another thing that you're doing because obviously 420 gotta have burner on the show and you do have an event happening a pay-per-view comedy show so can you talk about that yeah, you know, during during uh, Corona, just everyone was doing these concerts, like rapping on screen and shit like that. I could never get myself to do it. I live, I, I've, I feed off the energy in the crowd. So I was like, what can I do that we could bring into people's homes, but then stays true to, to what I like to do? I'm like, comedy would be perfect. Everyone's doing live stream rap shows. It's cool, don't get me wrong, but I, as an artist, cannot do it. I, I get the vibe from the crowd. So, you know, at the end of the day, I thought comedy would be great. No one's really done it. And we got a great lineup for y'all. And it's going to be perfect to compliment the high on 420. People are going to laugh their ass off. Yeah, my boy Cypher Sounds is on it. Who, by the way, doesn't smoke, but always looks high. If you look mm -hmm. at Cypher Sounds. He always looks high. I, never I, thought he, I thought he smoked for sure. Yeah. I thought so too. 
Cypher Sounds, Bob Saget. You got Michael Blackson, Paul Rodriguez, um, and Lil Duvall, uh, Jeff Ross. It's going to be dope. Break down the different strains of weed and what people would use weed for, whether it's sativa, indica, or hybrid. Uh, break that down because you're smoking in the morning. So what you what do you smoke in the morning? You know, I smoke. So typically, um, people say sativa is more for like the mind, like a head high. Indica is more for like the body. But just like anything else, the human body is different. So Angela might smoke an indica that kind of makes her mind kind of race a little bit. You might smoke a sativa that 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 super puts you down. So it all depends on your body. This morning I'm smoking some super strong to kind of wake the game up because I was like, I gotta get on camera, I gotta get right. So, you know, I, I find what I like in, in Bernie, but Bud does so much and it's so good for you, bro. Like I gotta send both of you guys a new product. It's a mushroom, um, CBD, CBN blend. And you know, I like that. <laughs> it's incredible. Look, for the morning, we got clarity. It opens up your mind. It's like Adderall without your heart beating or feeling many. And then we have the bedhead for night, which gives you the best rest. But the mushrooms is the next thing, too. You're going to see your boy ahead of the game with the mushroom. It's so good for your body, man. And so I got to send both of y'all some caps. They're legal. You won't get in trouble. Um, but they're, they're incredible for the morning and the night. Now, I wanted to also talk to you about, I saw you discussing, and I really loved your response, right? Your store, one of your stores, they actually um, broke in and stole like a million dollars worth. And obviously, people were protesting in the streets. And your response was, um, if you can just discuss that, because I know a lot of people who are store owners, when there were protests and their stores were getting damaged and, and looted, what did you have to say when that happened to you? Look, it sucks, obviously, but I understand why it happened. I respect why it happened. It's part, of, it's part of the world, right? Like the world is in such an angry state and they've killed multiple people on camera and keep rubbing it in our face and act like it's not a big deal. And so as a, as a minority owner in any business, just being out here being racially profiled when I'm out and about, I understand 100% what was going on. So I told my guards to stand down. No one needs to die with this shit. It's just money. I could bounce back real quick, but you cannot get that man's life back. Like that man's life was taken from him and it was televised and the whole world watched it. And so we are a part of what the world's reaction was. We were in the way of the storm. And so you can't get more, you can't get mad when it rains, right? And so my whole thing was like, dude, I understand why it happened. And I wasn't mad at it at all. A bunch of people online talking shit, getting super mad. I'm like, that's how could you not understand where people's hearts were at when that happened? That shit was like, and it was, it keeps happening. It's still happening. Look what happened to the 13 year old boy in Chicago. So it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I just, I felt what the world was feeling and I understood it. And, and I, and I just took it because it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, how could you, how could you trip on some money when someone just lost their father? Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't work like that. And now we're waiting for the outcome of Derek Chauvin's trial. So that's going to, we'll see what happens after that. They're trying to prepare for that across the country too. But it's going to be some. If you kill somebody, your ass needs to go to jail. It's it's on camera. Like whether whether he had COVID or whether he was on drug, whatever it was, that mother, uh, his knee was on his neck for how long? It's on camera. You cannot say that that's justifiable. So I hope that they do the right thing in that. And one more thing I wanted to ask though: Have you always had this entrepreneurship mindset? Because I saw you posting about the hotel and how your goal is to own a hotel one day, and then you have this network. Obviously, you have cookies. So, can you tell us where that mindset came from for you? you no, know, my parents always told me, "Don't work for nobody else. Start your own business. Even if it doesn't work for you, just be your own boss." So that was installed in my head as a little kid. You know, my father had a Mexican restaurant. I seen what he did growing up, and it was never enough for us. Like it's. It's tough. You can only sell a burrito or a taco for so much. So I was like, what can I do? And 
I just kind of followed my gut. I don't know what it was, but I've been working since I've been 12. I lied about my age, got my job and started stacking my bread and flipping my bread. And, you know, that's, that's just the way I am. Maybe it's the barrier. Barrier is, you know, independent blueprint central. So Bernie, we appreciate you for checking in. And yes. I'm going to stop by cookies because I'll be in Detroit next week. So I'm going to make oh, sure. Oh man, come by eight mile. Detroit. We got you, sis. Hit me up. We got you. And obviously hopefully cookies, New York soon too. Woo. There you have it. Thank you, Bernie. We appreciate you for checking in. All right, y'all. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, it's time to end on a positive note. You got a positive note, Charlamagne? Positive note is simply don't let the behaviors of others destroy your inner peace. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs>